Hey there, I want to invite you to join me for the Strategic Summer Workshop, which is taking place on Thursday, May 30th at 1130 Eastern. You can go to schoolsofexcellence.com slash summer to sign up. In this workshop, I'm going to walk you through how to identify simple solutions and systems that will make a massive difference and ripple effect inside of your center. I'm going to help you create efficiency where you need it most and understand what is causing your school to feel so hectic and where those big pain points are. We're going to clarify your center's priority system to improve this summer. I'm going to show you how to audit those systems. We're going to define your desired outcomes, and you're going to leave the workshop with a simple plan that will make huge impact. And by simple, I mean very simple. No complex, no multi-step processes. Super, super simple. No one has time for long things. No one has brain capacity for extra stuff. We need simple things that have massive impact. Go to schoolsofexcellence.com slash summer and I'll see you there. Are you the type of leader who wants to leave behind a legacy? Well, I'd love to help you unlock a legacy of excellence with the School Leadership Toolkit. For just $97, you'll gain access to 10 easy-to-implement resources, including templates, frameworks, and bonus content designed to help you manage your to-do list, make better decisions, navigate difficult conversations, and support your team. Fast-track solutions to your challenges by grabbing the toolkit at schoolsofexcellence.com toolkit or click the link in the show notes. Elevate your leadership journey today. Welcome to the Schools of Excellence podcast, where we have conversations about education, leadership, and building a school of excellence. The goal on this show is to bring you clarity, up-level your mindset, and give you practical strategies and inspiration so you can show up with confidence and trust your decision-making. I'm Hani Olshansky. I'm a mom of four under 10, a former New Yorker, and been in the early childhood field my entire life. And I'm so grateful that you've joined me for this conversation. Hello there, and welcome back to another episode of the Schools of Excellence podcast. We are in part two of our five-part series on the five layers to building a culture of retention. So last week, I introduced the concept of the multiple layers that it takes to really design, sustain, and create a culture of retention. And last week, we spoke about the first layer in building a culture of retention, which is a culture of community and belonging. And this week, we're going to be talking about culture of quality of life and work-like harmony. So let's dive in. So the typical American spends much of their week at work, leaving very little time to do other things. A lot of employees can face a constant crush of work at all hours of the day, especially in a world of instant gratification. Many, many times I get asked whether I speak at an event or I speak at a conference or I speak in a small mastermind group or when I go do leadership days, which is my in-person one-on-one component where I go into schools and really work with the leader and their leadership team and their staff all together. And the question that I consistently get asked again and again, whenever I'm in person or virtually, what is the biggest problem facing early childhood leaders today? And depending on who you ask, you're going to get a different answer. But my answer is typically always the same across the board. And that is, the biggest issue facing early childhood leaders today is instant gratification. We live in a world of instant gratification. We live in a world where everybody wants results 
yesterday. Everyone wants everything that they desire in this moment. And the challenge with living in a world of instant gratification is it filters into all the different buckets and categories of our life. So not only are we struggling with instant gratification from the component that owners and directors struggle to create a culture where hard work and long-term sustainability and doing reps and actually understanding that building a great classroom culture takes time. And when a 19-year-old teacher comes in and says, how come I can't do it like that teacher? Or why am I struggling? I'm like, because you're 19. That's why, because you're 19, because you've only been doing this for three months. Respect for the process. It takes 10,000 hours to develop mastery of something. And we want our teachers to become masters when they've been in the classroom for like, I don't know, a combination of like maybe 60 hours. If you take away all the breaks and this and, and like the actual time of being in the classroom. For many staff, it's like 60 to 100 hours accumulated. And it's like, how can she possibly or he possibly develop mastery with so little time? So I believe that's one of the biggest issues facing early childhood leaders is we're struggling with delaying gratification. We need the instant wins, the dopamine hit, and you can't build anything that is long-term and sustainable, especially legacy with instant gratification. So why am I bringing that in here with this episode on quality of life? Well, because, because we live in a world of instant gratification, we have designed and programmed ourselves that we always need to be on call. And it used to be 15, 20 years ago, the only people who were on call were emergency healthcare workers, the gynecologists, the heart surgeons, the people that were dealing with real life emergencies were the people that had beepers. Anyone, I'm dating myself now, right? I'm super young, but I'm dating myself that I remember when my dad had a beeper. Don't ask me why he had a beeper. He did not work in healthcare. My dad's been a rabbi for almost 40 years, but he had a beeper uh, for people to get a hold of him. And I, and I remember that. And that was like, oh my God, there's an emergency. Like I got to call this person right now. So what happens is, is that we don't have beepers anymore, you know, clipped to our pants. We have phones. We have smartwatches on our hands, right? Like, because you can't get to the phone fast enough. So let's have the Apple watch on our hands so we can like, oh, oh, there it is. Like it's closer. So it's this instant gratification, this constant like beep, 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 ping, ding. And that goes into our home life. That goes into our lives that are supposed to create this separation from work. So we try to create this balance, but it's really not about balance. It's about harmony. It's about integration because there's so much of what I do that impacts my personal life. There's so much on my personal life that impacts my professional life. And so it's not about creating this clear separation, 50% here, 50% here. It's, is there harmony between these two worlds? Is there integration between these two very important parts of my life? The reason why quality of life and work-life harmony is such an integral part of retention is because the intrusion of work in employees after hour time adds to stress, fatigue, emotional exhaustion, and burnout. So creating this work-life harmony ensures that work doesn't take up a disproportionate amount of time of our employees' life and attention and energy. So 
This concept of the harmonies, it really involves taking more time to do enjoyable things, providing an overall more balanced lifestyle where we're designing cultures where our teams actually take time to do things that exist beyond caretaking, childcare, and work. There's actually a life, a beautiful world that God created that is for us to enjoy. And people want to enjoy the world, travel, even stay local, go to a local dance class, check out a new restaurant that opened up in town, go with your friends and go order a drink that you've never tried before, go watch a beautiful sunset in a beautiful open area that exists in your neighborhood that you never even were aware of. These are simple life pleasures. They are the ordinary moments that actually really enrich our lives. And it's really important that leaders understand that the more we create a space for our team members to enrich their lives with these beautiful things that are not extras, they're really important, the more our employees will stay with us because there's harmony between their two worlds. So how do we start this process, right? You're listening to this podcast and you're like, oh, honey, that sounds so dreamy, but you know, how am I really gonna do that? The first thing is awareness. It's to recognize that many of our young staff don't even realize what work-life harmony is, what it means to have a quality of life, especially if this wasn't modeled for them growing up. If your team members grew up with workaholic parents who always worked and even on vacation worked, who worked late into many evenings, who rarely took time off, they don't under understand what it means to have a life beyond work. Work is beautiful. Work has provided me with so much meaning and purpose in my life. And work is something that can invite joy and bring meaning, but it cannot be the only thing. The human species, we have so many beautiful sides to ourselves. We want to enjoy good food, great experiences, community. For some people, it's about faith, extended family, our biological family. We all have different areas of our life that matter to us. We all have different pleasures in life that are enjoyable to us. Your staff want to enjoy other things beyond running around with a group of three-year-olds and then coming home to their own three-year-old. You and your team want to bring their best selves home not the leftovers. We didn't sign up to bring the leftovers. Our significant others and our kids didn't sign up for us to bring home the leftovers. When we think of this leftover doggy bag that we take home from a restaurant or from wherever, what happens is when we're consistently in work, we bring home this proverbial doggy bag. Here is a slice of patience for you this evening. And I also have a slice of conversation for you tonight. I have one morsel of physical energy for dinner this evening, and that will be all. Good night. That's your doggy bag. You've got a slice of patience, a slice of conversation, and a morsel of energy. You don't want that. I know you don't want that. When our teams know, that their jobs do not compromise their ability to do things that they love and value, they are more likely to stay. As human beings, we're seeking the ability to integrate the many worlds that we live in. 
You are a partner. You are a parent. You are a sibling. You are a child. You are a friend. You are a leader. There are so many worlds that encompass who you are as a person. And educating our team on making space for hobbies, for exercise, for health, for rest, for play, for time with friends. All of these refuel us. They give us energy that allow us to continue to show up and live this one precious life that we have. I speak to leaders all the time. I coach leaders one-on-one. I go into schools and do leadership days. We do strategic intensives uh, with leadership teams where we do like a deep dive on a particular topic. When I really get to the crux of what people want, people want more beauty and more experiences in their life. They want more time with people that they love. But what happens is, is there's an illusion And it's specifically in the West where we keep telling ourselves, when I hit this milestone, I will travel. When I do this, then this will happen. You know, it's very similar to what Dave Ramsey talks about a lot when it comes to saving. You're not going to save when you get the next raise. You're not going to start saving money when you get the next promotion. You're not going to start saving when this happens. Saving is a habit. Mike McCallowitz talks about the same concept. He talks about profit is a habit. It's a habit. It's not, oh, when this happens, then I'm going to start becoming profitable. Profit is a habit. Leading a life, a quality of life, designing work-life harmony, it's a habit. It's a mindset. It's not something that one day you're going to magically open up the doors and your life is going to have this balance and infrastructure where you can weave yourself between all the worlds. It doesn't work like that. Quality of life is a decision that you make. It's a decision that you make when you decide, I want more than just work. I want time with family. I want beautiful experiences. I like delicious food and various cuisines. I want to try all of those things. I want to see other than my zip code. I want to go see the beautiful world that there is out there. I want to create memories and experiences for my children. I want more time with my grandkids. I want to be able to do X, Y, and Z with my, you know, college children, whatever it is. That's when the quality of life and work-life harmony starts to really take over. So let's talk about some practical strategies and how we really bring this into fruition. Number one is boundaries. Don't be a people pleaser. There is a reason why boundaries is the first meta skill in the bridge to excellence. If you are new to my podcast and you have not listened to our six-part episode called The Bridge to Excellence, go back and re-listen several episodes back. It's my entire framework on these six meta skills of what it takes to build and sustain schools of excellence. So I recently did a leadership day training for a school and they have a pretty significant leadership team. They have seven people on the team and we focused on one of the meta skills, which was boundaries. And the reason why I went to focus on this is because a leader had mentioned that their team was really struggling with trust. And 
what as we continued to get to the root of the issue because when a leader tells me my team is struggling with x it usually means there's a couple layers underneath that and that's what i do when i come into schools is i start to dig and i start to ask questions and we start to do role playing and i start to have people have conversations with each other in front of me and we start to dig and we realize mm, that's just the tip of the iceberg and so one of the biggest challenges with this particular school that I was working with was there was a severe lack of work-life harmony. There was a couple people on the team who really wanted more quality of life. And there were a couple of people on the team who were really committed to this high standard of work ethic, which was actually a workaholic masked as a work ethic. And as we started to dig in, they started to develop awareness around they really are obsessed with work and their commitment is actually not commitment. It's a whole nother level of feeling of if I don't do this, then I'm not worthy. If I don't do this, then people won't like me, which is a whole separate conversation. What we dug into was actually recognizing and there was a huge reckoning with the team that in order for their team to build more trust and cohesion and collaboration, they needed to practice the boundaries of work-life harmony. All of the people of the leadership team needed to respect each other's work-life boundaries. And so we did a whole segment during the lunch break on what are your work-life boundaries? What are those boundaries that are lines in the sand that people on this team cannot cross in order for you to protect yourself and take care of yourself. And it was amazing. Like people were crying. It was like huge. There was huge breakthroughs there because when people started to communicate, like this is important to me. This is a boundary for the weekend. This is a boundary after six o'clock for me and explaining and here's why. And here, people, I never knew that. Oh my gosh, I didn't know that. And there was this, like all these epiphanies happening around the circle. I always do it in a circle because I want people to see each other's body language and facial reactions. It sounds so simple, right? Like, oh, people just told each other their boundaries. It's not so simple because first we need to reckon that that is the problem you're trying to solve, right? This is my specialty is in root cause analysis and really diagnosing the root of the problem. Leaders spend years, sometimes decades, masking symptoms until we do triage with me and then we figure out the vital signs of their center and actually go and attack the root cause issue. So to develop more work-life harmony inside of your organization, boundaries. Sometimes we take on too much at once. We do things that we don't enjoy because we feel obligated to do it. A really great conversation about two years ago that I had with my therapist where I really started to have conversations around personal boundaries, my workload, all of that. Um, wow, at this point, it's actually three years now that I'm doing the calculation in my head. And so she said something really interesting to me that I've repeated many, many times. Are you doing this action out of obligation or generosity? And just observe, right? Don't judge yourself. Don't, you know, make new diagnoses. Like just observe your behavior. Observe your body's reaction. When there is something that has to get done, are you doing it out of obligation and guilt? Or are you doing it from a place of empathy and generosity? I want to do this for you. 
it's a really great exercise. Um, and it helps you to start to recognize like, gosh, I really don't like doing all of those things over there on that side. Um, and, and these things, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll revisit again. The thing you have to understand as a leader is you cannot please everyone. And it's important to do things that are a priority for you. Remember that every time you say yes, you're saying no to something else. You're saying no to friends, no to family, no to health, no to experiences, no to new opportunities. And so the first phase in building quality of life and work-life harmony is you, the leader, because you're at the center of the ripple effect. You need to understand your personal boundaries and what is critical for you and start modeling that for your leadership team, because that's what the ripple effect is. The change starts with you. And then it goes to the leadership team and then it goes to directors and then it goes to the staff. That's the ripple effect. All right. So that's number one. Number two, stop checking work emails in morning and night. This is a super big struggle for leaders. And I know sometimes we mistakenly fall into this habit. We wake up and the first thing we do is we check what's going on or whatever it is. Now, the thing you have to understand when you create a boundary around not checking your phone in the morning and at night is nobody's coming to slap your phone out of your hand, okay? You have your phone and you decide you're going to check. No one is coming and saying, don't do that. No one's doing that. What you need to understand is the impact that making the decision of checking your phone before you go to sleep or right when you wake up in the morning, how that impacts the rest of your morning. So if quality of life is important for you, and one of the ways you define quality of life is having a little bit of a slower breakfast with your son or enjoying a second cup of coffee with your partner before you go to work. When you make a decision to check your phone and now you see an email that is causing you a lot of distress, you're not enjoying that second cup of coffee with your partner. All you're doing is thinking, gosh, okay, when can I actually leave? Like, because I need to go solve that problem. You don't need to know about every single problem right when it happens. Nor do your directors need to know about every single problem right when it happens. We have to develop the hierarchy of like the true emergencies and the things that are like, it's okay, take a breath. I'm going to get to it, but it doesn't need to be handled at 6 a.m. Nine o'clock will have the same impact. So the boundary with yourself is the hardest because no one's slapping that phone out of your hand. It's your self-discipline of saying, I don't charge the phone in my bedroom because when I wake up in the morning, I don't want to be tempted to touch my phone. So it's another way of creating work-life harmony, right? Understanding how environment, electronics, impact from work, filter into your life. And what happens is, is that when you get that email at 6 a.m., but you can't solve the problem either way until you get into the center because you actually have to have conversation with those people. What you did was, is you took six o'clock in the morning until nine o'clock in the morning. You took three hours and you flushed them down the toilet with all of your stress and anxiety. Instead of having the first three hours of the morning be for a workout, shower, breakfast, meditation, prayer, whatever, now it's about rumination and how am I solving this problem that I can't tackle till nine o'clock? Don't do it. It ruins your quality of life. It does. It really does. All right, number three, make time for your social life. It's an important aspect of achieving harmony. 
We all need friends in our life. Friendships have a huge impact on our mental health, on our happiness, and our emotional well-being. We know this from the data, okay, and from science. Good friends relieve stress. They provide comfort and joy. They prevent loneliness and isolation. Developing close friendships have a powerful impact on our physical health. When I think about some of the biggest impacts of being inside of our Owner's HQ program or our Director's Inner Circle, it's one of those surprises when we speak to our clients. Like, what's the thing that surprised you the most? It was... Most of them say, I didn't realize that I didn't have friends. I didn't realize that I didn't really have people to lean on. I didn't realize how alone I was. I didn't realize how lonely I was. And we help our members cultivate friendships and relationships. And many of them have created lifelong friends. And the reason why that makes me so happy is because I know the impact of one good friend on our lives. And so Part of creating work-life harmony, part of creating work quality of life is the quality of our relationships. Esther Perel says this all the time. If you look up any of her quotable quotes, the quality of our life is determined by the quality of our relationships. When we have amazing relationships, we have a beautiful life. Quality of relationships is not just about the quality of relationships at work. It's the quality of your marriage. It's the quality of your parenting. It's the quality of your sibling relationship. It's the quality of your girlfriend relationship. All of those things are relationships that impact the quality of your life. When your staff have friends, they stay. There was an entire research study that was done on friendship that when people have a friend at work, I think it said that they are two times more likely to stay there when they have a friend there cultivating friendships, which is a huge part of community and belonging, which I spoke about in the previous episode, learning how to do that really impacts retention at a super high level. All right, let's go to the final one. Margin. Quality of life is not about having a schedule that is boom, 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 right? Back to back to back to back where you don't have room to breathe or fill up a glass of water or go outside for a second or even use the restroom. That is not quality of life. Quality of life is having space and margin. This is something that I talk about in the priorities reset, which is um, a quarterly call that we do with our owners in our membership and our directors in our circle. We actually took one of those trainings and made them available for free for you guys it's an episode on the podcast. You could scroll back or search priorities reset. On the priorities reset call, I speak about this concept of 20% of your calendar needs to be margin. It needs to be open space that is not filled with commitments or obligations for when things come up. Life happens to all of us. None of us plan that our kids are going to get the stomach bug. No one plans that the washing machine is going to break. No one plans that a pipe is going to burst. No one plans any of those things. How do you get time for those things? You make time for it by margin, right? There's space for overflow. When you're constantly running and everything is back to back, then when one thing comes, it is the entire house of cards fall. When the house of cards fall, you have to find the time and you have to pull it from other parts of your life. So what happens is, is you pull it from sleep. All right, well, now you lost quality of sleep. You pull it from date night. All right, well, now you have less quality of marriage. You pull it from your going to your child saying, oh, well, now you have less quality of parenting. You pull it from your exercise work. Oh, well, now you have less quality of health. So what happens is, is that without creating margin, you pull it from other parts of your life, which diminishes your quality of life. 
So let's bring everything here full circle, okay? Because this is this is a big episode, and and I shared a lot over here, and it's a big mindset shift. There's a lot of you that are listening to this that are deeply uncomfortable. All you know is work. All you know is running, 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 going, going nonstop. And then when you're on vacation, you just crash for like three days and sleep for two of them. Designing your life, designing a center that values quality of life, that values work-life harmony, is a center that understands that our people are not workhorses. They're not workers. They're humans. They are people who have lives, who have joy, who have grief, who have meaning and purpose, but also sometimes lost and confused, who have the vast array of all emotions. And we need space to experience all of those things. And a leader that understands that and practices that is a leader that will enjoy really high retention of staff. So here's what I want to leave you with today. If you have been thinking about joining our Owners HQ or our Directors Inner Circle program, would absolutely love for you to fill out an application. The link is in the comments. If you are a member or you've been a member and you're looking to go a little bit deeper with us, would love for you to jump on a call with me and we could talk about booking a leadership day where I come into your center to do hands-on um, high-level leadership and high-level conversation with your admin team. You can email us. All the information is inside of the show notes. Next week, we are going to go over. So last week, we spoke about creating culture of community and belonging. This week, we spoke about creating a, a culture of quality of life. Next week, we're going to talk about the third pillar, which is creating a culture of contribution. Thanks so much for joining me this week and hope you tune in next week. If you are loving the Schools of Excellence podcast and have gotten any value out of it for your school, I would love if you can do two things for me. One, subscribe to the show so you never miss an episode. And two, can you please leave us a review? Reviews help other school leaders know that this is the place to learn how to build a school of excellence. And I would be so grateful if you can do that for us. Your help and support makes this show to be able to be listened by the thousands of other school leaders all around the world. Thanks so much for listening, for giving us your time and attention each and every week. And I appreciate that you have joined us. Hey there. If you're a school leader, I bet you have a super long to-do list with all the things that you need to get done every single day. You got to-do lists of what the teachers need, what the parents need, what your leadership team, admin. You also have to-do lists about your visionary stuff or your future goals that you want to get accomplished. And every single day, it's a hustle against the clock to try to figure out how to check off every single thing on your to-do list. Today, I actually want to share with you a whole new way to tackle your to-do list and understand how to actually battle out the competing demands that happen inside of a childcare center. It's my little secret sauce called having a do not do list. So instead of having a do list, you have a do not do list, a list of things that you do not do until certain things get completed or a list of things that you do not do anymore if you want to create sustainability and long-term legacy inside of your center. And teaching this strategy and a whole bunch more of my incredible tools in the Priority Reset Workshop on February 29th at 1130 Eastern. I want you to join me and dozens of other school leaders to reclaim your time, to learn how to balance those competing priorities, and most importantly, focus the time, energy, people, and resources on the activity, on the priorities, and the work that actually move the needle forward. I look forward to seeing you there. Click the link in the show notes to register.
Hey there, I want to invite you to join me for the Strategic Summer Workshop on Thursday, May 30th at 1130 Eastern. You can click the link in the show notes or go to schoolsofexcellence.com slash summer. In this workshop, I'm going to walk you through how to optimize your already efficient systems or help you tweak some ones that need a little bit more tweaking to help you enter the 2024-2025 school year with ease, with success, and with calmness. Increase your profitability, reduce your expenses, and more than anything, just help you buy back some of your time. I look forward to seeing you there.